Mother's Day. You ain't going to say it back? See how it is. My soul, rude people in this room. And uh, no, we do want to wish you a happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. And uh, there's there's some that are that are mothers biologically, and others that are mothers in their heart, and they've just loved on people and, uh, and and took them in. And I appreciate both of them. Amen. What a blessing that is. And uh, it's a blessing to be here with you on this Mother's Day Sunday morning. I'm not good at Mother's Day. I'm not. I'm not good at Mother's Day. I sometimes. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the type of preacher. Wonder why I'm not good on Mother's Day. I, uh, I, I'm the type of preacher to get up and preach on hell or something on Mother's Day, and, uh, I, I'm just that way, and I'm not sometimes. I've, I've, it's been years since I've been a mother, and it's, I'm rusty at it, and I, I'm not very good at sometimes at talking about it. So I'm gonna need a little grace this morning because I am gonna try to preach on motherhood today, but you know, every pastor, when they preach on motherhood, is preaching out of their wheelhouse, and uh, so we're going to just trust the Lord for a little grace, and uh, let me say a couple things before we get into the message, and, and one is, I am thankful for mothers that uh, there's some that God has blessed them, be able to biologically carry children and everything, what a blessing, but then there's others that for whatever reason never have, and, and uh, I'm thankful for, for both, amen, sometimes the most loving uh, the, the most motherly, uh, women that I have known in my life have been those that God's just given them a heart, uh, and, uh, they maybe have not been, been allowed to, permitted to, but God has used them to minister in my life, and, uh, what a blessing that that is. So let me say that because it's on my heart this morning. Amen. And, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 21. I'm gonna try to do something very difficult today, and you'll understand a little bit about it here in a second. Uh, but as we preach the message this morning, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something that's gonna be, uh, a little bit of a, uh, of a gymnastic thing. So you just pray for me. Matthew chapter number 21. And, uh, again, we need a little grace this morning. We need grace every morning, don't we? I'm glad His grace is sufficient. Matthew chapter 21. Let's begin reading in verse number one together. Matthew chapter 21, verse number one. The Word of God says, when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and setting upon an ass and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. What a blessing it is to be here today. Uh, we cannot, Lord, overstate the impact and blessing that our mothers have been in our lives, Lord, and others whom you've given a heart to, to uh, mother those that maybe do not, do not have mothers or uh, those that are in need. And Lord, we're just grateful this morning uh, for the great glorious blessing you gave to humanity uh, when you gave us mothers and when you gave us those that love us and nurture us and care for us. 
and protect us. Lord, I pray that this morning You'd help us to honor that station, that role, that position. Lord, I also pray above all, You'd help us to honor and magnify the Lord Jesus in all that's said and done. Speak to each heart this morning, Lord, that which would bring You glory and that which would uh, work effectually in our hearts and minds. Lord, there could be some that are lost here today and they've come because they love Mama and they've come because someone's invited them and they've been asked to. But Lord, that may be the reason that they're here, but that's not the reason You have them here. Lord, You have them here because You love them, because You died for them, because You sought them, because You bought them, because You want to save them. And I pray they'd see that before it's everlasting too late and that they'd call upon Christ to save them. Lord, we'll ask You to bless everything that takes place and we'll be careful to give You the glory for what results. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we have read just a little short story in the Gospel of Matthew that tells the tale of the Lord Jesus entering into Jerusalem uh, for uh, the word that we might use is the great acclamation of His person. He has come into Jerusalem and the multitudes that are gathered around have owned Him and acknowledged Him as the King of kings, as the rightful King over Israel and they have cried out saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. The term Son of David is a messianic title. You know, about a month ago we was preaching out of this passage on Palm Sunday. And uh, I guess every time I preach, I always feel like there's more to be said. But there was something that struck my attention in this passage. And I, with the Lord's help, want to take a few moments and look at it this morning. You know, this isn't just the story of the Lord Jesus coming into Jerusalem. It is not just the story of the uh, multitudes gathered there acknowledging Him as the King of the Jews. You could read a little further and you'd find the dissatisfaction and displeasure of the Pharisees at the common people acknowledging Him as the Messiah. But it's not just the story about that. It's, uh, the, when I read through Matthew chapter number 21 in these verses, I am struck that it is also the story of two animals. Uh, the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus commands His disciples to go over into a village and look for a donkey and her colt. The disciples go, they find it just as the Lord says, they loose this uh, donkey and loose this donkey's colt and bring these animals to the Lord Jesus. They then take their clothes and place them on the back of both animals. But the Bible teaches us that the Lord Jesus only sat upon one of them, only sat upon the colt. And they then ride into Jerusalem and the scene that we've read uh, takes place before us. But one of the things that intrigues me this morning, and I want to take a few moments and stop and notice this mother donkey. Isn't it interesting that the Holy Ghost and the mind of God before the world was ever formed, ordained and sat down, that on this day it would not just be the younger donkey, it would not just be the colt, but that the mother donkey would accompany and go with this younger donkey. It's even more interesting when you consider the fact that she was not even the donkey that the Lord Jesus rode upon. And so the question we then begin to ask is, why is this mother donkey in this story? I want to take a few moments and preach to you on this thought. You're going to giggle when I say it, but that's all right. Maybe it'll be the only time you'll smile. I want to preach to you on the mighty mama donkey. I told you a moment ago I was going to try to do something gymnastic, and that's call every woman in this room a donkey without you getting mad at me, all right? But you're going to see in a few moments that when I associate motherhood with the role of this donkey, it is uh, by no means an insult, but rather it is a great honor when we consider the role that this mother donkey played in our story. Now, one of the things I want to say this morning is when we approach this mother donkey, 
if we're being fair, we really don't notice, first off, very many good things about her. I jotted it down this way in, in our notes. What do we notice when we notice her at all? And let me say this, she is rarely noticed when we read the Bible. In fact, probably if I went around the room and said how many donkeys were there that day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem, you'd say, well, just that colt that never a man sat upon. In fact, it is easy to overlook this donkey uh, and her role and her impact. What are the things that we notice? Well, first I would say this. It is easy to believe when you first read this, her service seems futile. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, let me just show it to you in Scripture. That way you know I'm not lying to you. The Bible says in verse 2 uh, that Jesus was saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. With her. Down in verse number 6, the Bible says the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes and they set him thereon. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I think it'd be reasonable to say it would be impossible for the Lord Jesus to ride both of these animals at the same time. Both of the animals had the clothes put upon them, but only one of them carried the Lord Jesus. Well, we find out who that is in Mark's Gospel. Mark eleven seven. the Bible says they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on Him, and He sat upon Him. But Luke's Gospel tells us the same thing. In Luke 19.35, they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon. Now, I don't know about you, but the first thing I notice when I see this mama donkey is I think, what a waste of her time in being there that day. She is saddled up. She has placed these burdens upon, but she never carries Jesus. Can I say this? And I, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn when I say it. But one of the things I think mamas sometimes struggle with is feeling like all the effort, all the labor, all the time they put in is pointless in the first place. I, we could go across the room and I, I will not do it and I wouldn't dare trespass upon people's integrity to do it. But I'd venture a guess there's people probably all over this room, mamas that love their babies, that poured your heart, that poured your life into them, that raised them for God. And there's probably some of them that ain't doing what you wish they were, that ain't living the way that you wish they was. Uh, you probably look back at every dirty diaper. You probably look back at every load of laundry, every load of dishes. You look back at every stain on the carpet that you scrubbed out and wonder sometimes, was it all pointless? When we read this, it's easy to think that her service seems futile. Let me say number two, when we read it, when we notice her at all, I think we would probably say that her sacrifice seems forgotten. You know, when we read this, her presence is only noted in Matthew's Gospel. Mark, Luke, and John completely overlook her. They don't mention her whatsoever. Except for the most careful Bible students, few people ever even notice this donkey in Scripture. It is almost as though she walks off of this page into obscurity, and for most of us, we never even notice the effort that she put in. Can I just say this? I don't know if I'll have, uh, I don't know if I'll have mama shouting amen, but I might have a few kids crying here in a second. Can I say this? Very often, I'm sure a mama feels like all she does has gone unnoticed. I'm sure she probably feels sometimes like all the labor, all the love, all the effort, all the energy that she has expended is underappreciated or not appreciated at all. Sometimes I'm sure it is easy to look at it and think it's all just been for naught. It's all been forgotten. Nobody's even noticed any of it. I think it'd be easy to say that about this donkey this morning. I would say this. It would be easy to say this morning that her struggle seems fruitless. Now, somebody's going to say, Preacher, this ain't much of a Mother's Day message. You ain't saying nothing good about motherhood. Well, you hang on. We'll be there here in a second. 
But I'm just saying, in this world that we live in today, motherhood is denigrated, is dismissed, is disregarded, is treated as though it is a waste of time, is treated as though it is the vocation and occupation of foolish women, too ignorant to do anything else. I don't believe that this morning. The world says that, and it's easy sometimes, I think, for mothers to believe that because of how difficult motherhood can be. I would say this, it's easy when you read it. I mean, it, it, you're left saying, why did the Lord even call her out of the barn in the first place if He's not going to do anything more for her than this? Well, you know, it's easy to say that, but I think when we look a little closer at this passage, we get an understanding of how great and how glorious and how dignified the divine calling of motherhood is. When I say the divine calling, I don't mean to say that everybody's called to be a mother. But I do mean to say this, if you're called to be a mother, don't hang your head about it. If God gives you that honor and gives you that blessing, the world's going to beat up on you and the world's going to tell you you're wasting your time. The world's going to tell you you're foolish. But you just ignore the world. The world's burning down right now. The world, if it took care and if it appreciated mothers and the role of motherhood, just like the role of fatherhood, if it appreciated it more, the world wouldn't be in the shape that it's in today. I think when we when we look at this, there's some valuable lessons we can learn. Now somebody's going to say, well, preacher, I'm not a mama. No, but you got one, so say amen anyway. What can we learn when we read this? Well, I want you to notice three thoughts this morning, then I'm going to try to get out of the way and maybe sneak out the back door. One this morning, I want you to notice with me the motivation of the mama donkey. I understand we're talking about an animal. I understand that this animal probably did what it was trained to do. But just think with me for a moment. The Lord put this animal here and gave attention to it for a specific reason. And I think when we think about what might have motivated, were this animal more sentient? Were this animal able to think and talk like a human being? I think maybe we could understand what might have motivated her. You say, preacher, why would she go with this cult? Why would she even do this in the first place? Well, I think about three reasons. One, I think about this, the motherly compulsion. It was natural that she go and watch over her child. Again, I, I, I'm not going to hammer it. I'm going to move on and preach a little bit here in a second. But let me just say this. One of the things that gets my, my what is it? Is it dander? Is that it? Gets my dander up? I use that anti-dander shampoo, so I don't even know if I got dander. But but one of the things that gets my dander up is this attitude of the world as though the lowliest thing a woman can do is have a family and children. Now listen to me this morning. If it's the will of God for you to do something uh, that that is more public in nature, do something uh, that is uh, is more work-oriented in nature, I'm not one of these people that thinks it's a wrong or that it's a sin uh, for women to make money, especially if they tithe on it. Somebody say amen to that, but... But the world has this attitude as though if you've chosen family, if you've chosen motherhood, if you've chosen to raise children, you've just done that because you can't do anything better. They've never raised children. They'd know better than that. It is not an easy thing to be a mother. It is not a simple thing to be a mother. But you know, God does something wonderful. He puts within the heart, I believe, of every woman a desire to nurture. I know that some may uh, go to it more easily than others and there may be some that uh, use that nurturing impulse to minister into the lives of others if God has never given them an opportunity to have children. But it is a natural thing that a mother care for a child. What a mess this world would be in if we did not have that. I think this, that God, and, and I, I heard this the other day, you know, the truth is, uh, you know, a mother can't replace a father. But some of you men, amen this, a father can't replace a mother either. 
There's a reason God gave them both. And I know it's not always such that a child is raised in a circumstance with both, but there's a reason God gives them both. Uh, if a child could do without that motherly influence in their life, God is not a waster of time or of energy. He wouldn't have provided that in the role of a family, but He's done so because He knows that it edifies, it nurtures, it admonishes, it builds up, it grows, it develops a child. That motherly compulsion is not something, though the world uses it as, as a cudgel to beat people over the head with and treats it as though it is a sign of weakness or stupidity. The world is wrong. God lauds the role of a mother in the home. I think probably the motherly compulsion. I think there's probably a second reason that she went. And that was not only the motherly compulsion. I think she probably went because of the Master's command. Now, wait a minute. You're going to say, but, but preacher, this donkey does not know Jesus. No, but this donkey had a Master and that Master permitted for the disciples to take this donkey away to be used in the service of the Lord. Listen to the, uh, the, the reason, the explanation that is given in verse number 3. Uh, the disciples are rolling up on this house and you know it's almost like they, they're stealing somebody's car. You know They're taking their donkey. And the Lord says to them, says, If any man say aught unto you, ye shall say this, the, that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send you. Can I say this? Not only uh, does motherhood have a natural dignity in and of itself, but it has a divine dignity as well. God has instituted it as being one of the chief and preeminent means of molding and shaping and influencing children. There are a great many people probably in this room today that grew up and did not have a daddy and did not have that influence in your home, but it was a godly mother or grandmother praying for you, uh, going to the throne of God and begging on your behalf, dragging you to church, taking you to VBS, taking you to Sunday school that made the difference in your life. I would say this, listen, mom, as you say, well, preacher, sometimes it gets hard. Yeah, I know. I understand it gets hard sometimes. I understand the kids going crazy and, and, and there's, you know, this one's got three shoes and none of them match and that one's only got one shoe and it don't belong to nobody in the house. You're trying to get out the door and this one pukes on himself and that one pukes on the other one. I understand. Listen, I've seen it. I, I've watched my wife with my boys. I've, I, I've, I've grown up. I've, I've been a child. I've seen all of those things just like you have. But understand this. Listen, mamas, you're in the Lord's work. Just as sure as I am standing up here at this pulpit as a pastor, you're in the Lord's work. And can I be honest with you? In some ways, you have a greater role of influence in the life of your children than I could ever hope to. One of the things that most people in ministry will always lament and complain about is that so often in today's world, uh, parents want to farm out, they want to subcontract the spiritual influence of a child in the home to the preacher and the Sunday school teacher and the youth pastor. You know what we're all saying? We're all saying, listen, I appreciate you trusting us. I want to minister to your child. But the truth is, I don't have as much influence in their life as you do, Mama, as you do, Daddy. The fact of the matter is, it's a, it's a divine calling in a person's life. I, it's something that God uses to minister and to work. So I think probably the motherly compulsion, I think probably the master's command. But I thought about this, and, and you may say, well, preacher, that's stretching it a little bit. Listen, I know, I understand we're talking about a donkey here, but I'm not just talking about a donkey. I'm talking about mamas this morning. And I would say there's a third reason that might have motivated her. I would think it, it could be because of the mercy that was shown to her cold. Now, you've heard me preach on this. I mentioned it when we preached a month ago on it. But can I remind you that this donkey that was there, this little colt that was there, there had to be something take place for that colt to be there. The Bible says this in Exodus 13, 13. It says, every, every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. 
In other words, this colt could only be here because the master, the owner of these animals, had seen the value, had seen the worth, and had given one of his lambs to die in the place of this donkey. Otherwise, that donkey would have had to die for its own payment, for its own redemption. And you know, I understand it's just a donkey, but you just play along with me a little bit. I kind of wonder if maybe the donkey didn't think to herself, you know, I know it's difficult. I know I'm bearing burdens. I know I'm being set aside. I know I'm not in the spotlight. I, I know that it's difficult, but I just can't help but think I wouldn't even have this little cult were it not for the fact that the lamb died in its place. You say, preacher, what motivates a mama to raise her children for the Lord? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that can motivate you is to realize this. You may have to live for Him, but Jesus died for Him. He died in their place. You understand how valuable that child is. You understand how valuable, and I'm not just talking about biological children, but any any child you have an entrance into their life with that you can minister to them, that you can have an impact on their life. You understand that's a soul that Jesus died for, that He went to the cross for. If it had only been that one, He would have gone to the cross and died for just that one. What a precious thing. You think God's going to trust the care of that child to somebody, just anybody? Uh, there's a reason he gives motherhood because he knows that a mama is going to care and, and, and watch over and tend to and minister to and be more invested in the life of that child. Uh, you've seen the videos of what happens whenever mamas leave children at home with their daddies. All kinds of craziness. Haircuts happen. <laughs> Injuries happen. It's a wonder my kids have survived me. Amen. And it ain't, but they ain't raised yet. You just pray for them. Who knows what's going to happen? There's a reason that God gave the role of motherhood in the home because a child is a precious thing. A precious thing. Uh, listen, it's not, it's not a small thing to raise a child. I, I fear that, that because the institution of marriage has been so cheapened in our day and because so often uh, a child is produced uh, oftentimes because of incident or accident and not out of deliberate investment, I feel like sometimes children are not treated as the precious commodity that they are. You want to know how valuable children are? Look at the communists. First thing they do is try to get into the training of the young children. Because they understand if they can get that young generation, they can turn a whole country within about three generations. Man, it's a precious thing. I'm I'm just saying it probably, and I know it's just a donkey, I understand, but I'm saying this, whatever mama was in that donkey, probably she thought, you know, uh, what a precious thing that I even have this child. It is a gift that is paid for by the blood of the Lamb. And how dare I treat that Treat that as a lesser thing. For I, I thought about the motivation of the mama donkey. But then I thought this morning about the ministry of this mama donkey. What was she called upon to do? We, we know a little bit maybe about why she did it. But what was her great role? Now, it's interesting, we read through this, we don't find this donkey, this mama donkey, feeding the younger donkey. We don't find this mama donkey fighting off threats and warding off predators, although I'm sure that mama donkey would have done that very thing. But rather we find three significant things that she does that I think encapsulate what a mother's overall great purpose is in the life of her child. You say, what are those, preacher? Well, I'd say this, look at verse 6 with me. The Bible says, and the disciples went, and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. I'd say number one this morning, you say, what was the ministry of that mama donkey? I would say the first was to be a bearer of burdens. You know, I think it's reasonable to think that the mother was brought along because the burden of the clothes and the Savior were too much for the young colt to carry. 
So she shared the burdens of her cult. I don't know if time's going to allow me. I don't know if I can even cram it all into the words that, that it needs to be said the right way. But isn't it interesting that her job was to carry the temporal things so that her child could carry the spiritual thing? You say, preacher, what, what do mamas do? Well, I, listen, I know sometimes it gets discouraging. I, I know you just look, it's a mountain of laundry, it's a mountain of dishes, it's dirty diapers, it's headaches, it's snotty noses. And you look at that and think, how is this a high and holy call? But when I see those little babies come up here and fall down on the altar and pray, when I hear about one of them coming to know Christ as their Savior, we're getting ready to take them to church camp here in a little bit. And listen, all you're going to see is the big pile of laundry that comes home on Saturday. You won't see the movement of God in their life all through that week. But if you could see the other side of it, what you'd realize is you're bearing burdens that are not pleasant to bear, that you don't like, that you don't love, that you wish you didn't have to, but you're bearing those burdens so that they can bear the spiritual things. What is a mother's calling in life? Is it all just laundry and dishes and diapers? No. But rather, it is to facilitate the knowledge of God in the life of their child. And one of the ways they do that is by bearing those temporal burdens that are not glamorous, that are not glorious, that are not looked for and longed for, that are difficult because of their tediousness and mundanity because it seems like it's just a never-ending march of chores. And you say, preacher, sometimes it gets so discouraged. I mean, how do I do it? Just keep doing it. If you could look at the other side of things, you'd see them carrying Jesus. You'd see spiritual things being poured into their lie. I'd say number one, to be a bearer of burdens. I'd say there's a second thing this uh, mama donkey was probably brought forth. You know, the Bible says this in Mark's gospel. Mark uh, chapter number 11, verse number one, it says when they came nigh to Jerusalem and Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied. Now listen to this phrase, whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. Now, I'm just practical this morning, but let me just be practical for a moment. This colt is performing a service for the Lord that it is untrained and inexperienced for. It has never carried a human being. If you know anything about animals, any of them, but donkeys in particular, they have to be trained. They have to be worked with. You just go and climb up on it and it's unbroken and it's untrained. It's liable to buck you. And I know somebody's going to say, but preacher, it was the Son of God and He's the Creator. I understand all that. But could it be that this mama donkey was brought, her presence there was given to calm the nerves of this colt and to keep it settled so that it could carry Jesus? I would say this, number one, to be a bearer of burdens. Number two, to be a soother of spirits. I remember one time, I'll tell you a little story. I remember one time when I was in school, I don't know, I was probably second grade maybe, something like that. The school that I went to on our playground, we had this big old, we called it the tornado slide. And really what it was was a death trap, was what it was. And this this tornado slide had these big old steep steps that went up to this slide. And I mean, I'm talking steep, shallow, I mean, it's just made for kids and billy goats and nothing else. And, and, and so I was, I was coming, I was running up to the top of this slide. And I ran up and I got all the way to the top and then my foot slipped. And I fell down these steps. And I don't even know how it happened. But my chin hit every step all the way down. Boom, 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 boom. Split my chin wide open. So I get up, (laughs) snot and blood and everything. And they take me to school nurse. And 
And, and they say, well, just sit here. They put ice on it and different things and stuff. Said, so just sit here. And it was on a day Mama wasn't working at the school, so they had to call Daddy to come get me. And so they called Daddy to come get me. And I'm sitting there, man. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hurt. I mean, it's a wonder I survived it. Not really. But I think I am, you know? And I'm just, I'm just, I'm waiting for the hearse to pull up. You know, I know this is it. I'm done. And, uh, directly I hear dad walking down the hallway and he comes in. And he says, son, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. He said, what happened? I said, uh, steps and, and my chin. And he said, let me see. And he wrenched my head back and took his thumbs and pulled that cut apart. I guess he's looking for bone or brain. I don't know which. And I'm, oh, you know. And then he says, are oh, you all right? Come on. And we went and got in the car and I went home and I have a scar to this day. If you, if you shave this beard, there's a scar right there that's got, it's got the name Fred on it right up on the end. Hey, listen, I, I survived it, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what little eight year old me might have preferred is, is that soft touch of mom and come up and say, honey, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you okay? And let me say this, you know, that's funny, but all throughout your life, mamas, your kids are going, they're going to fall down the tornado slide. They're going to get beat all to pieces. The world's going to kick them to pieces, going to tear them up, chew them up. You know how the world does. And you know, there's going to be times they need a daddy to do that, to jerk that, are you all right, rub some dirt in it and get up and move on. But you know, sometimes they need a mama too, to nurture, to encourage, and to say, honey, listen, I know you've never been through this. I know you don't know what this is like. I know life is terrifying you, but I promise you, listen, mama's here. You're okay. You're all right. Everything's going to be fine. God has distinctly and uniquely designed mothers to have the ability to calm, to soothe, and to minister to the rattled and terrified nerves of their children. You know this to be true. How many times have you said it? Uh, a child might love its daddy and love its daddy and love its daddy, but you let that child get hurt and it'll come running for mama every single time. That's not by accident. There's a greater spiritual truth here. And that's that you as a mother have the capacity, not just in physical matters, not just in injuries, not just in things like that, but spiritually to be a calming presence in the life of your child to remind them that God is faithful, that God is present, and that God is capable to handle anything that they're facing. Probably whenever they put that saddle on that colt, that colt was looking around thinking, what is it? I've never done this. Probably when Jesus put a foot in the stirrup and began to set up, that, that colt probably got nervous, but it could look over at Mama and say, Mama's here. Everything's fine. I'll be okay. I think part of the responsibility is to be a soother of spirits. I'd say number three, not only to be a soother of spirits and a bearer of burdens, but uh, listen to what the Bible says in verse 2. Look back with me in our text. Jesus said unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. You know what I find interesting? They don't say you'll find a colt tied and an ass with him but it says you'll find an ass tied and a colt with her. Obviously, this mama donkey was probably the bigger of the two. And so here's what Jesus says to His disciples. You're not going to see that little colt, but you'll see the mama. And where the mama is, the baby will be. So go and find that colt by finding the mama. I'd say it this way. She is not only a bearer of burdens, she is not only a soother of spirits, but she is a signifier of the servant. So what do you mean, preacher? Well, we could imagine if this donkey had known what was going on and 
had had the intelligence to be able to do it, that she might have waved her down and said, He's over here. He's right here. He's ready to go carry the Lord. He's ready to go carry Jesus. I've got Him right here, boys. Come on over here. Here's where we're at. Here's one that can be used in the Lord's service. You know, it makes me think about Hannah and Samuel in the Old Testament. Hannah committed. She was childless. She was barren. And she begged God for a child. And God opened her womb and gave her a child. And and she named him Samuel, meaning heard of the Lord. She said, the Lord hath heard me. and, And for this child I prayed. But one of the commitments she made to God is she said, Lord, if you'll give me a child, I'll give this child back to you. If you'll just give me a child and let me just have him. And by the way, she didn't just mean I'm going to try to raise him for the Lord. By the time that boy was about three, four years old, she took him and dropped him off at the tabernacle and said, I love you. Mama's praying for you. I'll be back next year. And actually physically left him in the service of the Lord. I mean, this was a big commitment. And she was saying, if you'll just give me this child, I'll do everything I can to get him ready to serve you. And then when he's ready, I promise, Lord, I'll give him over to you and I'll commit him to you and I'll trust you with him. If you'll just let me for a few years have this child, Lord, I promise I'll be a good steward of this child's life and I will ready this child to be used of you. Hannah took that little child, Samuel, and brought that child to the Lord and and dropped him off. And you know, Samuel was a human being with, with free will and choice. Samuel could have ran off. He could have said, this ain't the life for me. But because Hannah had raised him the way she had raised him, because she had committed it to the Lord, and because God honored it, Samuel went on to be the first prophet of Israel and one of the great men of the Old Testament. So why would that happen to Samuel? Because he had a mama that was willing to say, here he is, Lord, use him. Here he is, Lord, use him. Use him for your service. Use him for your glory. You say, preacher, what is it that mamas do? Well, one of the things they ought to be doing is raising their children, not for a great degree, not for big money, not for great world success, not even, listen, I hope my, I hope my sons marry a, a beautiful godly woman just like their mama and, and that they raise beautiful, amazing children just like mine. I, I hope they do that. But that's not what we ought to be raising them for. We ought to be raising them to say, now Lord, Here's one. I've done everything I can for him. I've done everything I can to teach him about you, to show him who you are. And I've tried to ready him to be used for you. Lord, here he is. Come and take this one and use for your glory and for your service. I I see the ministry of this mama donkey. But finally, and I'll just say a quick word about it and I'll be done this morning. Can I just say a word about the majesty of this mama donkey? You know, it's easy to look at her. And here she is. She's probably covered in sweat and stinks like the barn and got burdens all over. And, and I'm not going to make jokes here, but she, she's, she's probably thinking what an unglamorous life this is. Any of you mamas ever about three in the morning covered in puke, head to toe, ain't showered in four days said, what an unglamorous life this is. But you know, when I read this, I think there is some things that are glamorous about what she did. I think there's some things we can say about her impact that are worth saying. Number one, let me let me just notice with you the great necessity of her work. You know, without her labor and obedience, the Lord would not have been exalted and would not have been magnified. Say, so, preacher, how do you know that? Because God don't waste time and energy. He would not have brought her along had she not been necessary. And let me just say, and I know, listen, we're in a Baptist church this morning. You're here because you believe the Bible and love Jesus. And I'm aware of that. But let me just say, there might be somebody somewhere that might hear the sound of my voice someday 
Uh, let me just say, the world may say that mothers are not needed, but I believe mothers are needed. I believe it is a necessary work. And I know not everybody is, is, is blessed. I understand how messy and ugly life can be. Please understand. I, I know. I promise. But I believe this. Were it not necessary, He wouldn't have given them. It is a needful thing. There is no telling. I, listen, I, who was it? Napoleon said that mothers are the ones that move the nations. Were it not for the influence of mothers in people's lives, both for good and for ill, the world would be a lot different looking place. What she did, it may be easy to look at it and say, what a waste it all was. But let me say this, it wasn't a waste to God or He would not have brought her along. The world may say, what a waste. Your flesh may say, what a waste. But God says, it's not a waste. If it was, I wouldn't have given you them babies. If it was, I wouldn't have given you this calling. If it was, I wouldn't have given humanity the great gift that mothers are. I would say this, I see the great necessity of her work. Number two, I see the great dignity of her work. You say, preacher, dignity, it don't look very dignified. Oh no, but listen, you understand that what she is doing on this day, in doing that, she fulfilled one of the great prophecies of Old Testament Scripture. One of the great evidences and proves that Jesus is who He says He is. One of the ways that they knew that day, that He is the Son of David. Hey, if Matthew's saying this was done, to fulfill Scripture. You better believe those crowds there knew and understood the significance of that. I mean, here's the King of the Jews, the King of Kings, and He's not riding in on the back of a stallion. He's riding in on the back of a colt, lowly and meek, just like Zechariah the prophet said that He would. In other words, one of the ways they knew that He was who He said He was is because of that mama accompanying that donkey. You say, preacher, it ain't a big deal. Oh no, it ain't a big deal. It's just fulfilling one of the great callings of God in a person's life. It's just furthering the work of God in this world. The work of God would have been incomplete. Incomplete. There would have been a prophecy left unfulfilled. I, listen, I can't overstate. You understand that if, if one of the prophecies about Jesus had failed, He would not have been who He said He was. You understand, if that, it's kind of like the whole, what Paul says about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15 where he says, if the dead be not raised. If this mama donkey had not showed up this day, he wouldn't have been who he said he was. Calvary wouldn't have been what it was. The church wouldn't be here today. You and I are sitting here saved today because a mama donkey was saddled up and brought along. With I'd say this, there's great dignity to that word. There's no telling, mamas, the impact that your life and your ministry amongst your family can have. But then I thought about this. I'm just going to mention it. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I thought about the great necessity of her work. I mean, it was needful. And were it not needful, she wouldn't have been there. I thought about the great dignity of her work. She's fulfilling one of the great prophecies of Scripture, furthering the work of God, the program of God, the plan of God. But then I thought about this. I thought about the great duality of her work. So what do you mean, preacher? Well, I thought about this. So let me just say it this way. Number one, she served the Lord by serving her child. She served the Lord by serving her child. I know this runs contrary to what the world and half of carnal Christianity out here thinks and believes. I'm just going to say it anyway. Hey, listen, mamas, you serve the Lord by serving your child. Don't ever look down on what you're doing as a mama. You're serving God by doing As sure as I am standing up here as a preacher, as sure as Brother Kerry is at the choir or teaching the young people, as sure as anybody in the house of God, you're serving the Lord by serving your child. God takes note of it. He, ta he takes consideration of it. 
He magnifies it. He exalts it. He elevates it. Hey, listen, I'm just going, ah, well, well, we'll move on. We'll close. But let me say this. She served the Lord by serving her child. But now, preacher, you said it was a duality. It is. Because think about the other side of that coin. She served the Lord by serving her child. But she served her child by serving the Lord. Think about that. You say, preacher, how could she best minister to her child? By being obedient to the Lord's command. Because she did what the Lord called her to do, she ministered to her child in a way that no other means of ministry could have performed. So isn't this an amazing thing that God has done with this donkey? That at the same time, she's in serving the Lord, she's ministering to her child. In ministering to her child, she's serving the Lord. You know why very often, I listen, I know I understand why mamas struggle. I mean, I would struggle. But you understand that in your life, it's easy. Your flesh looks at it and says, oh, this is all just grunt work. It's all just difficult. It's all just a drudgery. You know why your flesh tells you that? Because your flesh is trying to get you to quit. You know why your flesh is trying to get you to quit? Because your flesh understands how much glory God gets out of it. Uh, the reason we get so focused on the temporal side, and I understand, listen, you're looking at eight, eight loads of laundry have to be folded. You're looking at a sink full of dishes, and that's what's in front of you. But if you can find a means to look past that and see the spiritual impact of what that day-to-day drudgery looks like, you'd recognize that in that you're ministering to the spiritual needs of your child. Not only that, you're also glorifying, magnifying the Lord in one of the highest callings that a human being can engage in. In other words, let me just say this, I love mamas. I, I love mamas and God loves mamas. And where would we be without mamas? Now you may be sitting there and saying, Preacher, you know that's wonderful, but my station in life or my situation or my age in life, that's just not a door that's open to me anymore. That may be true biologically. But you know that God gives people all through your life that you'll have an open door and an opportunity to influence their life. There's babies running around everywhere that, you know, they, they had mamas, but they don't now. Or there's, there's uh, babies running around everywhere in this world. When I say babies, I mean children. I mean young people. I mean teenagers. They, they had a mama biologically speaking, but that was all it was, was biologically. And there's a great deficit. There's a great lack in their life. And they have a need of someone to love them, to pray for them, to minister them. We could say the same thing about fathers on Father's Day. We could say the same thing uh, about grandparents uh, on Grandparents' Day. Whatever your station and situation in life, you're not limited in reaching into the life of a young person and influencing them for the glory of God. You can choose to do that this morning. What do I do, preacher? Well, number one, if you're a mama, don't let your head hang. Don't be ashamed of what you're doing. What you're doing is high, it's holy, it's glorious. And it's divinely mandated. It's divinely sanctioned and magnified. And number two, you say, Preacher, that's not my situation in life. Well, it may not be biologically, but why don't you look for an opportunity and an open door to minister into someone's life that's in need of that type of of motherly, of maternal encouragement, nourishing, of ministration in their life. And you know what you'll find? That in their life, just like in a biological child, as you serve them, you serve the Lord. And as you serve the Lord, you best serve them. Let me say this, mamas, if you want to be what you need to be to your babies, you're going to have to put God first in your life. You're going to have to put God first in your life. Uh, we say that to daddies all the time, don't we? Uh, what We'll get up and we'll bust hide on daddies, but then on Mother's Day it's all flowers and corsages. But let me just say, just like a daddy can't be the daddy he needs to be if he doesn't put Christ first in his life. Mamas, you can't be the mama you need to be 
if you won't put Christ first in your life. What can we do this morning, preacher? Well, we can put Christ first. And we can magnify and exalt this high and holy office. And we can seek to let the Lord use us to minister in the lives of others. Let's bow together this morning. As a musician comes to play, the altar is open. And uh, if you had a good mommy, you ought to pray. And you ought to thank God for her. If you are a mommy, you ought to pray and ask God for strength and for wisdom. If you're a daddy, you ought to pray for the mamas in your life and ask God to give them the strength that they need. You say, preacher, none none of that is open to me. No, but you ought to pray and you ought to say, Lord, I want you to help me to minister in the lives of someone that has need of your grace, your love, and of your mercy. These are praying. We have all the time we need. If God spoke to your heart, you ought to meet Him down here. You ought to to deal with Him this morning. If He touched your heart, I want you to come. Thank you for a whole slew of ladies that you've used to encourage me in my life. Thank you, Lord, for the mama of my children, the help meet she is to me, and the influence she is in the life of our boys. Lord, thank you that you loved mankind enough to give us mothers to minister to us, to be an influence, like the Holy Spirit of the home, to be a witness of your goodness and your grace. I pray that you would now bless the remainder of our time together. Father, we love you. We ask it in Christ's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you listening so diligently this morning. Have you enjoyed being with us this morning? I hope that you have. All right. Looks like you've got gifts back there for all the ladies. Duct tape and multi-tools, right? No, we ain't going to do that on Mother's Day. It'll be something pink and frilly and and something. I don't know what it is, but I know it'll be great. So, uh, ladies, be sure. And that's not just mamas, that's ladies. All right. So, uh, if you're a lady, be sure and go back and grab one of those. Uh, if you want to get one for somebody that wasn't able to be here this morning, that's fine. But let's wait till we get everyone here. After we get them, we'd rather you take one with you if, uh, if there's any left over. Uh, don't forget there's no choir practice this morning. There'll be no fellowship tonight after the evening service, but we are meeting here tonight at six o'clock for preaching. So come back and be with us tonight. We're going to be preaching out of 1 Samuel 17 with the Lord's help out of uh, David and Goliath. So come back and be with us this evening, and I believe you'll get some help. Let's rise to our feet and we'll close out in a word of prayer. Taylor Doss.
Happy Mother's Day, Taylor. Would you close us in a word of prayer?